Everybody, welcome to episode 198 of the Masterclass podcast. My name is Cam, and I am joined by uh, by Dave. What's up, Dave? Hey, big surprise. Yep. <laughs> Haven't missed one yet. No. Sorry. That would be funny. You need to do that. No, no, <laughs> you need no to have a podcast start yourself. No, golly. <laughs> no solo Masterclasses ever. I need someone yeah. here to keep me on track, Dave. <laughs> Saying something too stupid. How are you? Great. Doing all right. Good. And you? Better than my voice sounds. I can tell you that. Yeah. Does it sound as nasally to you as it does to me in my ears? Well, I don't know if it sounds as, but yeah, you. I okay. can tell. Yeah. I am. I'm feeling a lot better uh, than I sound Friday and Saturday. We're rough, but hey, you know, it's not COVID, so I am a happy cam. <laughs> I just found out today that one of my friends, her her and her husband have five kids. They They all got wiped out with COVID in September. You know, welcome back to school, all that sort of stuff. And this morning... They all woke and were just like, so six out of the seven of them have tested positive. And the seventh. For a second go round of it. And the parents are vaccinated. So they're vaccinated and they've had COVID twice now within four months of each other. They're they're not very thrilled. The only one that doesn't have it yet is their three is their three year old son, the youngest. (laughs) so crazy yeah. yeah well and as i told you before we started the school district where i work we closed down for two days because so many teachers are out with it uh, so you, you should tell them the number of teachers that were out because i when you when you say <laughs> that it's like oh he must work for a small school district <laughs> no there's 400 teachers that are out so actually there were 400 out last friday and so based on that number how many schools? Is there like 25 or 30 schools in the district? Uh, sheesh. I honestly don't well, know. Because there's like six in. high schools, right? Yeah, I think five, five maybe. Schools. So five and then. More middle schools than that. Two or th- two or three middle schools uh-huh. for each high school. And then. Yeah. And then. Element, yeah. So we're looking at like 25 to 30. You'd be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big school district. Yeah, I mean, the, the school where I'm at, we have 2,200 kids. That is, that is more than I had in my high school. Yeah, I had, I think, well, I don't remember what we had. My, yeah. you were around like 14 or 1,500. So still big. Yeah, my graduating. Ginormous. My graduating class was like 470. I think mine was just shy of 400. Yeah. So, yep. And then I went to college in the middle of nowhere in Indiana. That was the same <laughs> size as my high school, uh, student population wise. And the kids were like, oh man, my whole school had 63 kids in it. And it was like, my gym class yeah. had 65. <laughs> we have very different high school. Not that one is better or worse. It's just when you're that age, you just don't know what you don't know. And I just thought my high school experience was normal because I didn't really think about life outside of the city and the suburbs. Like rural life was just 
I didn't know 4-H existed till I was 23 when I moved to Gardner. I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. So like, especially like when you're 17 or 18 and you're, you get exposed to, you know, the different lives that people have led when you're at school and you get to, you know, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So I guess the way that I grew up was different in many ways for many in like, it just, it, you, for the first time your world expands. Right. And it's a very, it could be very exciting or very troubling based on <laughs> your personality, I suppose. But <clears throat> anyways, you know, and people always think too, like what, what is normal for them is right and better than what's normal for other people. And it's like, what's normal on a farm better not be normal inside your suburban home. Otherwise, and vice versa, right? Like you normal is different based on where you live because it's, it's just, you know, it needs to be. Yeah. I don't know why I got onto that little tangent. That was weird. (laughs) So anyways. Yeah. Yep. Can I, uh, can I show you something real quick, Dave? (laughs) Sure. You're going to have to describe it for our listeners. (laughs) oh (laughs) cam has vr goggles (laughs) can can you hear me yes there we go (laughs) they are it's the oculus quest 2 (laughs) and what is that a self-contained? Uh, is it connected to your no, phone? It's, well, you is can, it... So you can connect it to your phone so that you can, other people can see what's going on and you can push that to a TV. If you have like a Google uh, uh-huh. Chromecast or uh, Apple TV or whatever. So yeah, it is, it is self-contained. Everything is in here uh-huh. and it connects to Wi-Fi, and then also pairs with your phone. So you can either like download games directly from this or do it on your phone and it will sync to the, the headset. Um, it just came today and, uh, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) Is it? As I was was going to ask um, you. So it's, yeah, it's an Oculus quest two. Um, and there's a game on it called beat saber. Did you ever play like Guitar Hero or Rock Band or any like, or or know what those are? Yeah. You got like the stream of like, Oh, actually. Yeah, we actually played it. Yeah. So that same concept where like the, the things are coming at you and you have to hit them in rhythm, except you're not playing a guitar. You have a lightsaber in each hand and you are smashing and slashing <laughs> boxes and, and they one is your right hand is is right saber is blue. Your left one is red. And then the boxes will have directional arrows for the direction that you have to slice them in. And, and then there's like walls that come at you. So you have to like move out of the way all while keeping time and hitting these things and like crossing. It's, Oh my gosh, that's funny. It is so much fun, Dave. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> sweating earlier. I played for like 50 minutes without even thinking about it. And I mean, you're, you're moving around and slashing. Like I was, my heart rate was up. I was, I was warm. It was, that's funny. Like man, I didn't know working out. Your my cardio could be so fun. Although it might be sad that <laughs> I got my heart rate up. I don't know. But like you kind of like dance along with it because it's. And then they have like music packs that you can get from different artists. 
so you don't have to just use the stuff that comes with it. Um, but it's man, it's a lot of fun. And the fact that it's self-contained like that means I can just take it in my bag to like my yeah. friend's house, hook it up to their Wi-Fi, and we're good to go. So that's gonna make our game nights a little more uh, a little more spicier. <laughs> Instead of just board games and cards, now we can. And they have like all sorts of stuff on there. Like you can watch um, YouTube on there and they'll make any video that like you can like be in it. And then there's like, oh there's gosh. like travel or you like, Oh, this is a, a full 360 tour of like Kuala Lumpur. And you can just, and then you can like, literally you're in the middle of it. It's so, like you're on the tour and you can see the people to your right and left and the animals. And you can like, I haven't done that one yet. Um, but so there's whole sets of like, traveling videos that are shot in That's 360 cool. so maybe i'll finally get to see new york city dave <laughs> <laughs> but anyways it's uh very cool it just came today so I'm, I'm a little excited about it my last nice purchase for the year your last nice way? purchase for the year, I gotta get. I gotta get out of this house. Gotta, I gotta save up and oh, <laughs> be a real adult. So that's the goal. Anyways, enough about that. Um, should we should we talk about the Bible? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. All right. Uh, we're gonna be in Hebrews twelve again. And since we only did a couple verses last time, we're going to start with verse three, but we'll go, we'll go through verse 11 and we are in the ESV. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment all discipline seems painful, rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Thank you, sir. All right. So don't you just love it when the Bible just like kicks you in your butt? I know. (laughs) Yeah. When we were reading it before we started recording, I was like, you know, I don't really know if I want to talk about this. I know. Like, I. And that's one of the things I think I've realized about 
doing the podcast and doing like why we do, why we do Bible study, why we do church, why there's community is necessary um, for us as Christians, because I can read this by myself and just gloss over it and be done. But then if I truly engage with the text and another person, it's like, okay, now I have to be <laughs> like honest with myself self. And well, I guess I can still be in some degree of denial, but <laughs> it, it really does make it much more like, hmm, this is why we don't just do it by ourselves. Yeah. So I, I like that it starts out encouraging, right? Consider him, Jesus, who endured <laughs> from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Like, oh, yeah, Jesus, you're awesome. Thanks for that. I really appreciate it. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted the point of shedding your blood. Well, crap. <laughs> you got me there. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the thing. Um, I, for- I don't know. I've, I've read this in a bunch of different places, um, but I think the 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 main person that I've seen talk or, or write about this is Tim Keller is the reason that Jesus sympathizes with us, you know, in our sin and our weakness, as it says earlier in Hebrews, that he's able to do it is because he is perfect. Cause people are like, well, he doesn't know what, what it is to sin. He doesn't cause he was perfect. And the response is exactly. He has resisted sin for eternity, which makes his strength stronger, his knowledge of what it means to resist sin greater the fact that we cave in so easily Mm. is not a compliment to ourselves right it is he knows the depths of sin because he is enduring not doing it it is his endurance right his his ability to see it and go no thank you and yet here we are like well it's two o'clock i should probably do something stupid So, and, and for the record, I did not say that argument completely correctly. Like the, I, I, if I remember to look it up, I will, and I'll try to put it in the show notes, but the way that it, the way that it is actually presented is much more, uh, intelligible than what just came out of sure. my mouth. Mine was just a very bad paraphrase. <laughs> so please don't, don't judge it on that. But the concept remains right? In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. You just, we, we give in too easy. Yeah. Some days. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus was tempted. Oh, absolutely. It's not like, it's not like, oh, he's per, he was perfect and he didn't, he, he was tempted just the same as we are. I mean it. Yeah. And I know that's hard to grasp, but yeah, I do believe that that is. Yeah. It wasn't perfection due to absence of trial. It was it yeah. was perfection in spite of constant trial. And you put that into perspective too of like when he's being, you know, in front of the Sanhedrin and he's being they rip his clothes off, he's being spat on, he's being whipped, they put the like he's just being humiliated. And he could have literally just said one word <laughs> and yeah. you know. Bye-bye, everybody. You know? Kept his, kept his mouth shut. Didn't even respond. When, who was it that was trying to get him to, like, protect himself? I forget who it was. But, anyways, not important. 
So then it goes on. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Now this one, what stands out to me is the do not regard lightly part. Like, don't mm-hmm. be flippant or, you know, um, yeah, that's that's a good word, flippant. I, I, it's how do I say what I'm trying to say, Dave? I think a lot of people take God and the Bible very, very lightly. And I'm talking about like professing Christians, not people in general. But like, I think there's a lot of us that are like, but God is love, man. Which is not incorrect. (laughs) But. Yeah. This part, we don't like to talk about discipline a lot in church. Well, some churches. So what, I mean, what do you think discipline is from God? Are you talking like specifics or broadly? Well, I, so I, I guess I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, we're, we're here, we are saying that, you know, we talk about discipline of the Lord, um, that he disciplines the one he loves. And I mean, then it even goes so far as to say, you know, we're disciplined by our earthly fathers. Yeah. So, and so I guess not specific, but I mean, what does it mean when God, does he spank us? Does he put us in time out? See, that does... sounds specific, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, let's start broad and then we can get specific. Um, just so we cover our bases. Like discipline means correction. Mm-hmm. That's what discipline is. When you're doing something incorrectly, you are corrected. So that in the future, you don't do it incorrectly anymore. Now, a lot of people's minds go, when they hear discipline, they think spanking or getting hit with a switch right. or, you know, the physical um, <clears throat> interaction, shall we call it, right? But there are other ways to be disciplined, right? Removal of freedoms. Like, my parents knew after a while that spanking didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. It would hurt for a minute or two, and I'd get over it and go right back to being a little punk. And so, for me the way that I was disciplined that was much more effective was they would take away my freedoms. I couldn't go play with my friends. I couldn't even go outside. I couldn't watch the television. I like they would remove things or my ability to do things that I wanted to as a way of correcting my behavior. And that was effective for me because I didn't like those things being taken away. Um, And so when I think of, you know, discipline from God, it can come in in a variety of of things, right? Like if we look at scripture, one of the ways that God corrected was he put Jonah inside of a whale and took him to where he wanted him to go. So like there's the miraculous, crazy specifics, right? He's running away. He gets swallowed up by a fish. The fish spits him out where he was originally supposed to be intended. That's a massive Mm -hmm. correction right 
And then Jonah, of course, learns his lesson when he preaches, and then the uh, uh, wherever he goes, they all repent and they fast and repent, and he's pissed about it. Um, what an interesting little story that one is. <laughs> Anyways, but then you've also got the discipline where you know um, prayers aren't answered or. They are, but in ways that you don't, because God's trying to get your attention and to correct your ways. And then you've got people in your life that God will use to discipline and to call correction into your life. Um, But I think part of it, too, is the Holy Spirit, right? When we know what's right and what's wrong. and when we choose to not do what will honor God, but choose to do what will make us feel better in the moment we think, or just reacting, right? The, the conviction from the Holy spirit, I think is a means of discipline. And I think that's the one that we probably ignore the most or the word of God. It's just like, well, out of sight, out of mind. That that's my ten cents on that. What do you think? So, I, you know, one of the things that I guess stood out to me in this was talking about enduring discipline, mm-hmm. and. So I don't know that I'm going to totally answer this question, but um, I it, it I don't, and I it, like it's, it's just weird saying stuff out loud to me is so different than thinking it in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know what I've really ever had to endure, you know? And I don't know, maybe I'm looking at it from the the wrong uh, perspective, but um, yeah, I, I, I think for kind of what back to your original point, you know, when we talk about human discipline, it's specific and there's kind of a generally a pretty clear correlation between a behavior and then a consequence. And I'm not so sure that discipline from God is that clear cut um, or specific as, as you mentioned it. And um, anyway, I don't know if I'm making my point or not. Well, let me say something to see if I'm understanding you correctly. By by saying it's not as clear cut, like there's not a spot in the Bible where it's like, pray 12 times a day and you will receive this prize, (laughs) right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'm tracking then. Um. But I, but I do, I, I, I think 
like you were saying, I think there's things that we miss out on um, when we're not uh, obedient to him, not obedient to the discipline. And, um, you know, I think of how often, like, do we just pray for what we want? We pray for the first thing that really comes to our mind uh, versus kind of quieting ourselves, centering ourselves on God, and then listening to him in terms of how we should pray and what we should ask for. And um, and even in that, I think if we're coming to him in a sincere heart and, and, and seeking him, he still, he still meets us there without us doing it, you know, perfectly and, and, and that sort of thing. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm still just coming up a little bit with, I'm not so sure. Um, I've had things where I would say I felt like I've had to endure or it was painful. Um, and those are some pretty, I think, some pretty strong words that mm-hmm. the author is, is using here. And didn't spend time looking at this, but I just even wonder if there's, a, there's an element of, you know, the Hebrew people in this moment just really feeling <laughs> uh, defeated and having a difficult time and wondering if this Christianity thing is, is real and worthwhile and all that kind of stuff. And that um, he was addressing some of that as well in all of this. Yeah. So in, uh, excuse me, in verse eight, it carries on. If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Which is an interesting statement, because right before that, it's for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there for, uh, whom the father does not discipline? And I'm sure he's anticipating the reaction. I'm like, well, I don't want to be disciplined. That sucks, <laughs> right? It hurts. It's not fun. Well, if you're left without discipline, then you're illegitimate children and not sons. You're not part of the family. Oh, okay. I guess that answers that question then. Mm-hmm. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? That's an interesting sentence, the second part. For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. And that is what I think we should talk about next. Like our fathers, earthly fathers, disciplined us for a short time. It seemed best to them. Like they're doing the best they can. They just want you to not be a turd. That's the goal, right? is to be someone who contributes to society or just not annoy your dad, right? That's, that's, that's what they're after because they're sinners too. But 
God disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. So he's not doing what's best for him. I mean, he's still getting what he wants, but he disciplines us for our own good, which I think a lot of people might struggle with because we tend to know better, you know, what's best for us. And what's best for me is, is sitting on the couch and watching TV and right. The easy stuff. Mm-hmm. But God disciplines us for his own good that we may share his holy. Cause he knows what's best for us is what he created us for. Right. Perfect, right. Relationship with him without sin in the way. His holiness. Right. So that's what the discipline is for is to, Make us more holy, as the British might say. Holiness. So, I mean, you know, there's a reason for it. That's nice. People like reasons. <laughs> you got anything to say about those few verses, Dave? So... One of the things I have come across recently um, is um, the idea of, and I hope I can say this right, is the idea of divinization. There you go. Nailed it. (laughs) And becoming, in essence, us becoming more like God. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, you even take, you even take this verse where it talks about, you know, one of the, one of the things that Jesus did was that he, he was the son of God and that like flipped people out, like for him to be claiming that, you know, he was the son of God, uh-huh. like he's making himself equal to God. And if you look throughout Jesus's teaching and Paul's teachings and everything, there is this sense of all of us being children of God. And that is something that the Hebrew people would have probably not done uh, because by Jesus saying it, you know, he's putting himself on the, on the same par with God. And so um, in this, it talks about us being, you know, legitimate, not just sons of God, but legitimate children mm-hmm. um, of God And so I think, uh, and to be clear, I don't believe that at any point we become God (laughs) or that we're on the same (laughs) par with God or that it's obtainable or that I'm a follower of the Latter-day Saints and I'm looking to populate my own planet someday. Um, (laughs) Easy there, Elon. (laughs) But but I, I guess for me in my journey... I'm starting to like take that whole kind of concept more seriously um, than I used to. And in the verse that we were just talking about, or that you were just talking about um, that we may share his holiness and, you know, we're told be holy as I am holy. And I, to be candid, I think I've just been sort of, flippant with that of, well, I can't, I'm never going to be that, you know, like that can't happen. Mm -hmm. And I think in my journey recently, um, I'm just, it's just funny how you kind of have themes in your, 
you're where you, you see consistent messages. It's just something for me that's becoming con- more and more convicting that, you know, being holy like he is holy is something that we should be striving for. And, um, yeah. So I guess that's, that's, that's my thought on that is that, um, being disciplined by God so that we can share in his holiness um, does not sound like much fun (laughs) in the moment. Uh, But if I'm serious about eternity and what matters, then that should be something I should be pursuing more earnestly. Yeah, and that, I mean, that perfectly leads into the last verse. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know, and it's it's like it's like uh, you know working out or studying in school or you know you the discipline up front is not fun. It can even hurt your body; like your muscles will ache when they're regenerating and building. But the fruit of that, right? is in school a stronger understanding of a subject or better critical thinking or gained knowledge in 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 the gym it's a stronger body a healthier body and it's mm-hmm. the same it's the same with this it's the spiritual discipline right the of you know what what are the spiritual disciplines prayer worship fasting reading your bible studying the word of god being in, you know, communion with other Christians, all of the things that the church has been doing since the beginning, you know, interceding on the behalf of other people, not just praying for yourself, but praying for others, you know, like, yeah, it can be painful. It can be hard. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those that have been trained by. This reminds me, I remember, Back when we started this whole thing, we were, um, you know, the, the master class is pulled from a quote from Dallas Willard from one of his books that we really appreciated. Um, and uh, Jesus is now taking students in the master class of life, I believe is, is what it is. Um, and we named their show after that because we want to be students in that class. And I also remember. Um, the audiobook with him and John Ortberg that I think we've both probably listened to a few times at this point. Um, yeah. And for the life of me, Dave, I can't remember the name of it. It's driving me nuts. But <clears throat> I remember distinctly us talking about it and you saying something along the lines of hearing Dallas Willard talk about his relationship with God makes me want to get to that point when I'm his age. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the passion and like the emotion and just the, the depth with which he speaks about God and his relationship with him is like, who can hear that and not go, holy crap, I want what, what he has. <laughs> but you don't go buy it off yeah. the top shelf. That's... At, at that point, that was what, 60 years of him living and, and, you know, obviously messing up and like, he's not 
perfect. But the, the point is, is that you don't get to that point without the discipline. And that I think is very hard to keep in mind for a lot of us because we have to consistently make decisions that are hard today and not see benefits until way down the line. And we are, we are wired to not want to think that way. Yeah. Yeah. The book is living in Christ's presence. And it's actually a discussion that they had that was turned into a book. So yeah, that is the one time, one of the times where I would say an audible or trying to find the, the actual. Yeah. I highly recommend is Yep. Better than what you would read. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. So I, you know, I I guess one of the things I do want to say is I don't feel like life has been easy. I think my life has been easier than vast majority for a lot. I just have had an easy life, you know? Um, but it, it still has, has had its difficult moments. So, um, so yeah, as we, as we've been talking, as we have been talking, I can, I'm thinking of more and more things that I'm like, okay, I, yeah, that's where, you know, God was refined, you know, cause that's the other thing it, it, it talks about being refined mm-hmm. by fire, you know, that's what God does. And, um, so yeah, it, um, I always feel like anytime we podcast, I, there's two different conversations going on. There's what I'm, I have going on in my head and then what, what we put out there and <laughs> what we say out loud and then processing even after we're, after we're done. So well, uh, I will say the, the, the conversation I was having in my head after you brought up the being refined by fire was that song from the nineties, refiners fire. My heart's one desire <laughs> is to be holy. <laughs> was that was that uh, was there you like go Twyla Paris or Sandy Patty or one like that that, yeah, that, that era that's of, what been. <laughs> of contemporary Christian music oh man if you yeah. listeners if you really just want a just perfect snapshot of what 90s worship music was find Refiner's Fire it's uh very biblical, but very 90s in all of the wrong ways, musically speaking. Anyways, enough of that. Uh, it looks like it. I, yeah, it might have been. I don't know. Oh, anyway, I'm about to find I don't out. know who sang it. It looks like it might have been more of a group than. Oh, uh, was it like a vineyard song? worship okay. or something? Oh, purified my heart. <laughs> Let it be as gold and precious. Oh, man, that's going to be stuck in my head all day. That's not good. Which is, you know, it's actually a better thing because I woke up. Guess what? We're, we're, the show's done at this point. Uh, <laughs> I woke up 
with a song in my head that I have not heard in probably five or six years. Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. Just I woke up and that was just I came in. Oh my like, gosh. Just, <laughs> just like what in my brain is what is going on? <laughs> it was, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Anyways, that's anything else to add before we end the show, Dave. I just yeah. I want the people to know how uh, broken my brain what? is I, at I'm, points. <laughs> it just sometimes I think it hates me. Well, it's just <laughs> I'm just gonna say I think it's songs like Refiner's Fire that it like had an influence in me like pushing back on the whole being holy because God is holy. Yeah. Oh, it says right here you the know, songwriter was it's uh, like it, Ryan it, Dirksen. It, and it's a vineyard song. Yeah. But to to their credit, okay. I sang this song as like an eight year old. I am now thirty five. Not only do I remember the words, I remember mm-hmm. the melody. So, you know, a little <laughs> hand clap for them, I suppose. There are some there are some real not bangers back then. Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, this has been the Masterclass episode 198 with quite literally the weirdest ending we've ever had to a show, but that's okay. I dare say this ending came in like a wrecking ball. I don't know. That's for sure. Is that the weirdest? (laughs) Yeah, that that is a little bit. Yeah. um, If you haven't already stopped the show, uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it very much. You can get your show notes at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 198. There's links there to say hi if you want to. Uh, Also, we'll have um, links to all the stuff we talked about, uh, specifically the Living in Christ Presence. I'll link to the audiobook on Audible because I really highly recommend that you listen to it Uh, because it's not some guy reading their book. It is actually Dallas and John at a conference talking. Um, And so it's the intended medium uh, for that. And it's just, it's so good. Anyways, that's that. Um, Ta-ta for now. Talk to you later.